Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Hey church, I hope you're doing well and I hope you've been enjoying our episodes of The Workplace and I pray that whatever is going on for you and your family in this uh, season, that today, right now, you would know the power and the presence of God as we open His Word together. You know, today I'm actually going to continue our Faith at Work series We're looking through the book of James, which is an intensely practical book. It's a profoundly relevant book, and it's a very, very challenging book. I believe God is going to challenge us today from his word. He's also going to encourage us today and bless us from his word. Now, we're particularly looking at uh, what it looks like to put our faith to work at work. That's what James talks about. You know, faith without works is dead. What does it look like to have faith at work at work? And all of us work in different places with different people. And uh, over the next few days, I'm sure our workplaces are actually going to be quite different to what they normally are. And we all use different parts of our body at work. Some of us You know, we use our hands to actually build things for people. And things gradually get get built. Others of us use our arms to carry children and to, to hold kids in our arms and to bless them. And many of you over the next few days are going to have your hands full. Others of us use our shoulders to carry heavy loads. Some of us uh, use our feet to actually deliver important packages to people. And some of us simply sit on our backside and bark orders to other people who do all the work. And for many of us, once again, for the next few days, we are going to be sitting at home and looking into a box and communicating with people on little squares wherever we're working from home. But there's one part of our body that doesn't matter what we do for work. There's one part of our body that we all use, and it's an incredibly important part of our body that we use at work, And it's going to think it's going to be really, really important over the next few days that we use this part of our body well. And James talks about it in his scripture. He talks about the way that we use our tongue to form words and the way that we open our mouth to communicate with those around us. Some of us speak constantly at work. Some of us mumble occasionally at home. Some of us bark orders loudly all the time. And others of us whisper softly with a bedside manner. But however you speak, James actually tells us that God has given a staggering amount of power to our words. Words have power. Listen to what he says. Firstly, he says, words have power to give direction. 
He says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, James says, the tongue is a very small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. It has great power. Our words have power to give direction. You know, in March this year, we all saw the ship, the Evergreen, get stuck in the Suez Canal in March. Many of us remember this image uh, very, very well as it got stuck in the canal and a backhoe had to dig out and dredge out uh, around that tiny rudder to get that ship back on course. That ship's 400 metres long, carries 20,000 containers, fully loaded, it weighs 220,000 tonnes. But there's one tiny little rudder at the back that plays such an important role for such a big ship. And when that tiny rudder steers in the right direction, it reaches its destination and it fulfills its purpose to deliver some very important goods around the world. But just like this occasion when that tiny rudder actually steers in the wrong direction, it gets stuck. It doesn't reach its desired destination and it doesn't fulfill its purpose. And likewise, James is saying, the words that roll off our tongue have that same power to give direction. Just like the tiny rudder on a huge ship, our words have incredible power to give direction, to help others actually fulfill their purpose and reach their eternal destination. You know, when I left school, I didn't know what to do and I was a little directionless and I found myself, you know, working for my dad uh, on building sites. And I remember the day dad came to me after about 12 months and said, I actually think God has given you some gifts and some passions to work with people that you need to explore. And I remember as an 18-year-old, I... I didn't realise that other people saw those gifts and those passions within me. Those words gave me great direction. I remember about a year later when I was 19 or, or, or 20, I had a youth pastor named Bruce who, who began to speak you know, about the amazing grace of God that was available to everybody and the privilege of giving good news to the poor. And those words set me in a direction. It set me on a trajectory to, for the rest of my life, the passion in my heart to help people hear the good news of Jesus and for people's lives to be transformed by his amazing grace. Those words were so powerful to give me direction at a really pivotal time in my life. Now we've got no, I checked, we've got no kids and youth leaders named Bruce in any of our campuses. But we do have some great kids and youth leaders that are speaking words into the lives of our young people week after week after week. And they're powerful words. They're, they're powerful words that give direction. 
They're powerful words of truth that will set us free so that our kids don't get stuck, but they will reach their eternal destination and fulfill their purpose that has eternal ramifications. Come on, why don't you just jump in the chat right now and just thank some of our kids and youth leaders that are speaking such powerful words of truth and direction into the hearts and the minds of the young people in our church. Words have power to give direction, but sadly, James says, words also have power to destroy. Listen to the next bit of uh, James chapter 3. He says, Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. He doesn't mince any words, James. He tells us that words have power. They have power to give direction, but they also have power to destroy. And we actually know this in in our hot, dry country. We know that one little spark, one tiny little flame can actually cause scenes of devastation and destruction like this can set a whole forest on fire. And that little tiny spark can actually destroy livelihoods. It can actually leave destruction in its wake. Destroys lives. And James is saying, the words that roll off your tongue have the same power as a bushfire, just like a tiny little spark, tiny little words that come out of your mouth. It can actually have devastating effects on people's lives, can destroy lives. Little words, big impact. Words of direction and life or words of destruction. You know, when you were little, your parents told you a big lie about the power of words. Actually, your parents told you a few lies when you were little. They actually said that Santa knows if you've been naughty or nice. That's not true. He doesn't. Some years I was really nice and I got a dodgy present. Other, other years I was really naughty and I got a cracker of a present. I'm pretty confident Santa doesn't really know whether you've been naughty or nice. Your parents told you that your nose would grow if you tell lies. That's a lie. It's not, it's not true. You know, those years that I was naughty, you know, my, my nose would be, would be six foot long. It would be pushing into your lounge room through that camera. Uh, today, if every time I lied, my nose grew. It's a lie. Your parents said that if you eat your carrots, they'll make you see in the dark. That too is a lie. I've eaten tons of the stinking things and I still trip over the cushions Every night that Susan insists have to sit on our bed during the day and no one ever sees them and gets scattered all over our floor every night. I've eaten tons of carrots. I've not seen those cushions one night. I've tripped over them every night. That too is a lie. But the biggest lie your parents ever told you when you're young, when your little brother or your little sister hits you, they said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You know that's a lie. Words do have power to hurt us. 
hurtful words stick with us much longer than the bruises from sticks and stones. You see, words have the power to bless and to build up or the power to curse and to crush and to see relationships and families come crashing down. James says you get to choose. He says with our tongues we bless God our Father. With the same tongues we curse the very men and women that he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, listen to what he says, my friends, this should not be. This can't go on. You know this is true. You can actually sit here today and you can bless God with your words. You can sing great words of honour to God and how awesome he is. But by the end of the day, you can curse members of your family that are made in his image. And before Smoko tomorrow or before your first coffee or before your first Zoom meeting, you can actually curse and crush those that you work with with your words. Our words can either build up and bless people or we can use our words to curse and relationships come crashing down. We get to choose how we want to use our words. James says, out of the same mouth, blessings and curses. He says, this can't go on. This should not be. And maybe someone in, in your family or in your workplace is actually saying to you, this can't go on. This should not be. I've got to be really honest as your pastor today and say there's times at home and at work that people have said to me, Jason, this can't go on. This should not be. This is a challenge for me. You see, I think we all want to bless people with our words. We all want to build people up with our words. But when the pressure rises, you know, when there's pain in our heart, when we're under stress, words can flow out that we never wanted to flow out. Words that curse and we can't take them back. You see, using your words to curse others is not honouring to God and it's very damaging to those who receive it. And some of you are thinking, well, I never curse people. Others might be thinking, well, I thought cursing was swearing. Now, cursing's not swearing. Cursing is simply speaking hurtful and harmful words that oppose the word of God to people who are made in the image of God. Hurtful and harmful words that oppose the word of God to people who are made in the image of God. And this is a struggle for most of us, if not all of us, in our workplaces and in our families. We want to speak kind and encouraging words, but under pressure, we, we speak words that curse and crush and oppose the word of God. And when our words oppose the word of God, it leads to death, the death of intimacy, the death of trust, the death of relationship. You can't curse something on the one hand and expect it to live, to be blessed on the other hand. But when our words that come out of our mouth line up with God's word, our words lead to the fullness of life. God's word builds people up. God's word builds strong relationships and strong families. 
That's the heart of God. The heart of God is to bless. The heart of God is to build up. He wants to bless you to be a blessing. And so he gave a blessing to actually speak over his people. As a heavenly father, he wanted to bless all of his kids. And so he gave a blessing to speak over his people. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. In Numbers chapter 6, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And it was a blessing that the priest would pray over the people, but it was also a blessing that got over time. Fathers would speak over their families. Fathers would speak over their children. Every Friday night before they watched the footy, they'd speak this blessing you know, over their families. They'd say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now, these are ordinary families with ordinary struggles, families that argued over the remote, you know, families that were struggling to pay the bills, families with challenges at work, you know, struggles with sickness and affliction and wondered if God was really there for them. But every single Friday night, Dad would declare, the Lord's watching over you. He'll protect you. God's smiling towards you. He loves you. Your Father in heaven can see what you're going through and he's going to give you a peace that passes understanding. And these kids and these families grew up knowing without a shadow of a doubt that they were loved by their dad and they were loved unconditionally by their Father in heaven. Words that bless and build up. You see, our words have got the power to bless or to curse. Now, I think we all want to use our words to bless and to build up, but under pressure, curses spill out and you can't take them back. And James says, your word problem is actually a heart problem. He says this, verse 11 and 12, he says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. He's saying when angry and hurtful, bitter words flow from your mouth, the place that they're actually flowing from is an angry, hurt, bitter place in your heart. You know, Jesus said it this way, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Luke chapter 6, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so what we hear from both Jesus and from James, his brother, years later, is that to fix our word problem, when words flow out that we don't want to flow out, we actually need to fix our heart problem. We've got one more problem. James says we can't. It's impossible. Listen to what he says. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures, is verse 7 and 8, are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. He's saying you can tame a dog to sit. You can tame a bird to talk. You can tame a dolphin to jump. You can tame a cat to sit on your lap and shed its fur all over you. You can't tame a cat to do anything useful. But what, he, what he's saying is, 
No human can tame their own tongue. He's saying, you can't do this on your own. You, you need help with this. And that's what God promised that he would do. He says, a day is coming. And it's recorded in a number of places in Scripture, but it's recorded for us in, in the book of Hebrews. It says, I will put my laws in their minds and I'll write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. I'll put my laws in their hearts and I'll write them. I'll put their laws in their minds, sorry, and I'll write them on their hearts. You see, God knew that, that, that we couldn't do this on our own, so he promised he'd write a new word in our heart and in our mind, and God is faithful to his promise. He sent his son, the Logos, the living word, to actually come and die in our place, to bridge the gap between us and God that was there because of our sin, to restore our relationship with God, to heal our heart and to speak his living word into our lives, to come into his, our lives by his spirit and write his word on our heart and in our mind. And you see, this promise has been fulfilled in Jesus. And when you accept Christ, God's word will heal your heart and it'll change your mind. That's good news for us today. Some of you today have had crushing words spoken over you. And some of you have spoken crushing words over yourself that have actually been written on your heart and it just keeps ringing through your ears. It's kind of like a broken record. You know, just put your hand up or you can't do that actually. Just uh, jump in the I chat if you I actually I have a record player. I screwed player. up my marriage. I screwed up my marriage. I screwed Some up of my us marriage. I'm a screw up. have got I'm a, screw up. a broken record a going on in our mind. It's too late for me. It's too late for me. The record's it's got stuck. I will never change. And it's just playing over. I will over. never change. I will never change. Over. I don't have what it takes. Again. I don't have what it takes. It's what happened. I don't have what it takes. When a record I got broken. Hopeless. I am hopeless. I am hopeless. Some of you are far too old to know what a broken record was and it's got nothing to do, far too young, sorry, to know what a broken record is and you've never had that experience of the record getting stuck and just hearing the same line over and over again. But many of you have got that going on in your mind and in your heart right now. Just speaking words of hopelessness, speaking words of inadequacy, and just going over and over and over in your mind. And what God wants you to do is to actually turn the record over and let him write. <laughs> Tell you what, it's a pain in the neck, record players. There you go. Let him write a new word on your heart and in your mind. Maybe some of us have just got to learn you to have value. meditate on what you God says value. to us. You have value. God says it over. You are mine. And over again. You are mine. His words you are always are to bless. Mine. You are forgiven. To build up. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. 
He wants to keep you saying the same thing to you. You are loved. Over and over again. You are loved. You are my masterpiece. To write a new word you on your heart. You are my masterpiece. And to change your mind. You are my masterpiece. You have a purpose. You see, some of us have got a broken record going over and over again that opposes the word of God. And it's time to actually meditate on God's word so that he can write a new word on your heart and he can change your mind. You know, David, when he's writing the Psalms, he understood the power of this. Some of you just need to hold on to this verse. If there's one verse you've got to hold on to today, it's this verse that David wrote. He says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. David knew that the meditation of our heart, as we listen to the words of Scripture, and maybe some of you need to, to, to actually you know, grab an app or grab an audio version of the Bible and, and just let the words of Scripture just speak into your heart. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. The next three days we can't go very far. Can I encourage you? It might be a great time to do what I've been talking about for many, many years here at Gateway, to find your milk crate, just to find your spot where you sit and listen to God. You meditate on his word. Let his words be written on your heart and change your mind so the words that come flowing out of your mouth to others will be a blessing. As you just sit and reflect and meditate on his word, he's going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God's word will heal your heart and it will change your mind. Just in these next few minutes, let me just get really practical as we finish. As I said, James is a really practical book. I want to give you just some really practical things to do, what we can do with our words to actually be a blessing, to, to build up. You see, God is at work. When you speak words of blessing at work and when you're working at home, God is powerfully at work in people's hearts. Here's just some ways that you can uh, be a blessing to others with your words. Firstly, speak words of affection to appropriate people. You know, we, we see in the Gospels that Jesus the Son and, and, and the Father spoke to each other every day. He says, I, I, I only go do what my, my father says. I'm always about my father's business. They spent time together every day. But only twice do we actually see what the father said recorded in Scripture. Once is at Jesus' baptism and once is at the Mount of Transfiguration. And guess what? We get a record of exactly the same thing. We get a record of the father saying to the son, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Both places, same thing. I, I, it, doesn't, it makes me think. I, I wonder if the father said that to the son every day. It was just the thing that the father always communicated to the son. 
This is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. It's a pretty good thing to say every day. Maybe just start it for these next three days of lockdown. If you're not used to saying it, find the appropriate people. Don't go up to a stranger at work, but appropriate people in your family, maybe your wife, your husband, your kids, maybe someone you need to call on the phone. Say, I love you. I'm well pleased with you. I'm glad you're in my life. Speak words of affection to appropriate people. Secondly, speak words of healing to the hurting. This doesn't make, take fancy words. Proverbs says the words of the reckless pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You don't have to use fancy words. Right now, there's plenty of people hurting. Just go out of your way, get on the phone, just send a text message, use some words of kindness and care, bring healing to the hurting. Thirdly, speak words of encouragement to everyone. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Everyone needs encouragement. Everyone needs to be built up. Encouragement gives people courage to do what they didn't think they could do, helps people to keep going when they feel like giving up. Speak words of encouragement to everyone who you are going to encourage in these next three days. Number four, speak words of faith to the faint-hearted. In Romans it says, Abraham is our faith in the Father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead. Listen to this. And calls into being things that were not. That's what God did for Abraham. He called into being things that were not. He spoke faith to the faint-hearted. When Gideon was hiding in a wine press and he was scared to death, God turns up. What does he say to him? He doesn't say, Gideon, you scaredy cat. He says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. He called things into being that were not. You're going to save your people from the invading Midianites. He did it for people right through the scripture. He's done it for me. I remember as a 19-year-old on a youth camp, God just speaking his words through someone else who I'd never met before in my life saying to me at 19 when it was not into being or has not happened, but he was calling it into being. He said, you're called to actually lead in the Australian church and God's going to give you a voice into the church. At 19, that word, I've held onto it for 30 years and it's given me strength. God calls things that are not as though they were. Who are you going to speak faith into over these next three days? Just find one person. Speak faith into. Build them up. Bless them. Lastly, speak words of life to the lost. Romans chapter 10. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them there's people at work and you might not get to see them in the same way for the next three days but there's people at work that don't know they can be saved they don't know their relationship with God can be restored they don't know that their heart can be changed they don't know that they can write 
you know, a new record in their heart, a new word on their heart that they can get rid of words of hopelessness and no words of blessing, words that build up, words that help us reach an eternal destination, words that help us to reach, a, to fulfill an eternal purpose. There's people in your workplace that simply don't know that. They can be blessed by their Father in heaven. There's a Father in heaven who wants to bless them, who wants to protect them, who wants to pour out His peace upon them, who His kindness, His smile is shining upon them. How will they know unless someone tells them? Use your words to speak the words of life to the lost. Share your story. Share a link to your favourite message. Invite them to Gateway Online next week. Speak words of life to the lost. God is at work when you speak words of blessing at work. And when you're working at home for the next three days, God is at work. He's bringing healing to the hurting, affection to those who need it, encouragement, faith, and life. I think all of us, as I said today, we'd like to be people who speak words to bless and to build up, but under pressure, words that curse and crush can flow out of our mouths. I tell you, the hope that we have is that the closer we get to Christ, the closer we get to Jesus, the more He'll change our hearts and He'll change our minds. If there was ever a time when somebody was under pressure, when there was frustration and pain and agony, in someone's life, it was when Jesus was on the cross. He actually showed us that there is a way, there is power, there is strength to use our words, even in our darkest, our hardest, our most pressurized moments to bless and to build up. Jesus on the cross, as he's been nailed to a cross and the sins of all mankind have been heaped upon him. Jesus used his words to bless his enemies. He says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. To, to people who are nailing into a cross, who've yelled out for him to be crucified, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. That's a steadfast love that never ceases. He blesses his family when he's hanging on that cross and he sees his mum that he loves and he sees his best friend John that he loves. He, he says, John, this is now your mother. Mom, this is now your son. He is saying to John, I love my mom, look after her. Even in his hardest moment, he finds the energy, he finds the kindness to bless his family. And lastly, hanging on that cross, he uses his words to bless sinners like you and I. There's two others hanging next to him on crosses, both criminals, both committed crimes, both sinners neither with any chance to redeem themselves, to earn their own salvation. And one of them mocks Jesus with the crowd, but the other says, this man has committed no sin. And Jesus turns to this man from the cross with blood 
flowing mingled down, a crown of thorns on his head and nails in his hands. He turns to this man, this sinner, no chance to redeem himself, no way to earn his salvation. And the words that come out of his mouth, words of kindness, words to bless, he says, today, you, sinner, will be in paradise with me. They're kind words from a hard place. That was good news for him. That's good news for us. That in Christ, there is power, there is strength. There is the ability to use our words to bless. That means every single one of us can know forgiveness. We can know relationship restored. We can know salvation. We can never earn it. But if we ask Jesus into our lives, he'll write a new word on our heart. And day by day, he'll change our mind. And so that the words that flow out of our mouth are words that bless and build up. Words of kindness, words of faith. Hey, today, I'd love to just give you an opportunity. If you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, and you're joining us today for Gateway Online and someone's invited you, you just found us somehow. Today, you can put your faith in Jesus. You can know that same forgiveness as the sinner on the cross. You can, you can know relationship. You can be with Christ today. In Romans chapter 10, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you want to confess that right now, wherever you are, you can confess it out loud where you are just by praying with me. If you believe it in your heart today, pray it with me. Ask Jesus to be Lord and Saviour of your life. Hey, come on, why don't you just pray with me right now. There's a button you can push just to say, I'm raising my hand. I'm confessing with my mouth. I, I want to know Jesus. Just push that button and then pray with me. Father, I thank you for your steadfast love for me. Confess this with your mouth. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die in my place. I ask today that you would forgive all of my sins, the sins in my heart and the sins that have come out of my mouth. God, would you forgive all of my sins? And make me new. Would you save me today? I choose to follow you, Jesus, as Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer with me today, please just let us know. We'd love to help you keep growing in your relationship with God. Just push that button, just saying, I raised my hand. That's me today. We'd love to pray with you and help you. We're going to finish today singing a song that was actually, really, it was written thousands of years ago in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, we read before, the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you. But it was put into music in a, in a new way just last year. And I think it's been a prayer that has been prayed over our world, over our cities, over our communities, over our families. The Lord bless you and keep you. We're going to finish by singing it today. I want to encourage you, if you're sitting at home with family, why don't you just 
put your hands on your kids. Just begin to speak this prayer. Speak this blessing that's been a powerful blessing spoken from family to family, generation to generation for thousands of years. Just speak it over your family today. Speak it over yourself. If you're there with yourself today, just, just let these words wash over you today. Mark and Eads are going to sing it for us. Let's sing together. begin to speak this over your family. Speak it over your workplace. Speak it over our city right now. This city of Brisbane and surround. Come on, just needs the blessing of God. Come on, just take hold of these words of blessing, powerful words. This is the very heart of God that we're singing today. The heart to bless, the heart to give peace, the heart for people to know in the hardest circumstances to know the smile of God upon them. Come on, let's just sing it. Let's sing it as a prayer. Speak it as a prayer over our families, over our workplaces, over our city today. The Lord bless us.
Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you. church i just love to pray these words over you today wherever you are over these next few days if you are you know, locked down at home with a young family if you're sitting at home and feeling lonely and isolated on your own if you're a health worker or an emergency worker out on the front lines whether you're doing an essential work to to keep our community running to keep us safe to keep us fed Whatever it is life looks like for the next three days, I want to pray this prayer over you as part of our church family today. Hey, would you just, wherever you're watching this today, would you just put your arms out, just ready to receive a blessing from heaven? Because the Word of God, it is powerful. It's got power to give direction. It's got power to bless. It's got power to build up. May these words be ringing in your heart this week. Let me pray for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. God, I pray, pour out your blessing, your favour and your peace on our church family today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, can I encourage you, if you are feeling uh, isolated, you are feeling lonely, please just stay in the chat, get someone to pray for you. Please contact us at church, send us an email, make a phone call. Uh, We'd love to stay in in touch with you uh, over the phone, via email, in whatever way we can. If you need uh, some help through our care centre, please just let us know. If you know of anyone that needs help over these next uh, few days, please just uh, contact call the church office, let us know. We'd love to help in whatever way we can. Pray that you'd know the blessing of God's presence, God's peace, God's favour upon you and upon your family. I pray in Jesus' name. God bless, church. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.